listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now. We're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and PicksWise lead betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, good morning, everybody. Welcome in here. First off, I would just like to say all set for a full slate of college ball. And check me out. Check me out with my fancy headphone system over here. I got the fancy... Uh, microphone thing going on like you guys. I fit in now. I feel like I'm part of the crew. Mazel tov. <laughs> you look handsome. Lashanatova. You're finally a man. Finally. <laughs> I, this is adulthood. This is amazing over here. It's great. And now you I, get to have hat hair for the next three hours. Enjoy. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that here. I, have my, I can do kung fu. I've, I'm a very handsy talker over Flexible. here. You know? Me too, yes. actually. I yes. feel that so in I my can, core. Uh, I can get into that over here. I think we can call this, guys. I think we can call it ranked versus ranked weekend. Mm. Five ranked versus ranked games. It is a lovely slate of games here this Saturday. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. I mean, this is exactly what college football is all about, right? Is seeing some of the best teams, you know, vie against the other best out there in the nation. And, and, And what is it? you know, that we use in college football that we so rarely use in the NFL, the term statement game. Like, you know, look, there's so much parody in the NFL that, you know, rarely do we think like, oh, yeah, this team really needs to make a statement. They really need to put the rest of the league on watch. But in college football, there are teams that need to do that, and we'll see some of those teams do that this weekend. Hoopla. That's what I'm calling it. It's a hoopla weekend. Excitement. This is, it's October, first of all. First day of October. Welcome yeah. to October, yeah, gents, how about ladies it? and gents. Um, and, yeah, this is kind of when the college football season takes that turn, right? The quarter pole. We're kind of at that turn now where we know what these teams are. We have data that can support or not support a lot of our picks. But also we can kind of put together the puzzle a little bit. And we can see where teams really need, you know, this is a spot where this team really needs to show up or else they're not who we thought they were, right? What's the Dennis Green clip? They are who we thought they were. So that's kind of where we're at now. And, man, I got my popcorn already loaded up and ready to go. It's going to be a day. I love it because you get, to me, it's us versus the books. You know what I mean? Like, and it's <laughs> Don't tell that to Seamus McGee when he comes on later. He <laughs> yeah, won't like that right. too much. <laughs> Fair enough, but we're in competition, you sure. know? And so the more information that we have as betters and the people that are listening, if some of you are betters, you can relate to this. But the bookmakers have more information also. So it's really yes. interesting how you, you kind of match wits when it comes to that. But I'll just throw this out to you guys because I'm looking at these five ranked versus ranked games. And of those five... I've got my eye closest on NC State-Clemson. I am thoroughly intrigued by this matchup. 
You got NC State trying to exercise some of these demons. Haven't won in Clemson since 2002. Been a long time. And to get rid of some of these bad stats, Clemson has won 36 straight home games. They haven't lost a home game until it was November of 2016. That's been a long streak for Clemson. So I've got my eye on that game most closely. Don't get me wrong. I love all these ranked versus ranked matchups, but... If we go around the room, what are you honing in on the most when it comes to ranked versus ranked? Yeah, I I definitely agree with you about NC State-Clemson. You know, this is another crucial game for Clemson. They were narrowly able to avoid being beaten by Wake last week, who I think is one of those teams who are better than they look on paper this year. Um, You know, they're starting to make some strides behind their quarterback, DJU. Um, but that, that Clemson Tigers secondary was, frankly, uh, I mean, left in the dust by whew. Wake Forest and Sam Hartman. It was, it, was a, it was a blast to watch. Haven't seen a ton of NC State, but that's a deserving top 10 team. I can't wait to see that matchup. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out if they're deserving of that top 10 ranking today. So that's one. So we have five ranked versus ranked, two undefeated ranked versus ranked. You just mentioned one. The other one, Kentucky Ole Miss. Um, And you want to talk about SEC supremacy. We wouldn't put either of those teams at the top of the heap, but I think there is room for growth, right? When you get a job at a, you know, entry level, room for growth in the SEC this year because, you know, Alabama doesn't look to be the dominant Alabama that we've seen in years past. Georgia, I think, is a different Georgia maybe a little less defense, a little more offense. That's kind of against the script for them. So there's an opportunity in the SEC for one of these teams today to reach out and grab a 5-0 and start. And, you know, if it, if it is Kentucky, it would be a 2-0 and start in the, in the conference play. And that's fascinating to me. But you guys nailed it with, with Sam Hartman's uh, numbers. How about this, just for last week? Yeah, yeah. Pressured on 50% of dropbacks, 81% adjusted accuracy. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was an assassin last week. <laughs> Unbelievable. So he really Unreal. was. Yeah, and Rich talked about it. That Clemson secondary, those corners. Mm. Wow, just toast. Roasted. <laughs> it was either either roasted for big gains or pass interference. It was a pass interference fest last week. So I'm really curious what Clemson's defense, how they fare against Devin Leary, who hasn't been that good this year. No. We were expecting better from Leary, and he's disappointed. So really intrigued by that game. And, and just looking around, I always put together just the spreads for the top 25 teams, their opponents, and then some of the other intriguing games beyond that. And I don't know about you guys, but every now and then I'll look at a line and I'll be like, oh, man, too many points. This underdog is too big. And then sometimes I'll look at the underdogs and I'll say, oh, gosh, they might be on to something. Because last week we saw Oregon State go toe-to-toe with USC. They were right there, had a chance to win the game. And then you look at this week, Oregon State on the road, they are a 10.5-point dog at number 12, Utah. And I don't know how you guys look at that, but I look at it and I'm like, oh gosh, they might be onto something over here. I just saw Oregon State go toe-to-toe with SC, and now the Beavs are 10.5-point dogs? I- I'm... If I went in either direction, I would lay it with Utah. I hope Let TJ Hushmanzada is not listening just yet. You yeah, know? yeah, he'll be upset with you. You know, another <laughs> another rank versus rank that we haven't talked about yet is this Oklahoma State 
at Baylor. Oh, yeah. This is a, a rematch from the Big 12 title matchup, um, which, you know, conceivably, I mean, Baylor held OSU inches from the goal line in that game-winning score. So, I mean, this is revenge. I, you got to love this because, like you said, we're kicking off October. We're really kicking off spooky season in college football. This is when the rubber meets the road. And this is one of those games where you know it's going to be an all-out war between two teams in conference fighting the way they did just less than a year ago for, for it all, for the conference championship. That's another one that I'm spotlighting. That's going to be absolute bonanza. I, I, I can't wait. That game was so good. Can, can, can we just get the exact replay of that game just you know, superimposed to this year's players? That game was so good last year. Oh, so, so Oklahoma good. State, how about this one? 17-2 and two in their last 19 games. I mean, you could make a case that in the last two seasons, they're like one of the best teams in the country. They haven't played anyone this year, though. Baylor has. That's what's fascinating about that game. Baylor really tested themselves in non-conference play. They went to BYU. They, you know, we should have covered that game, but you know, they don't cry over spilt milk or missed kicks. That seems to be the theme of the year. Uh, but Oklahoma State, I think it, they haven't really tested themselves yet. Come so they, me. they will be tested today. Absolutely they will, and easily the most under-publicized top 10 team yeah. in the country. 100%. <laughs> you just look at these top 10 teams and compare it to Oklahoma State just in terms of national pub. You know, if you just start the top five teams, obviously we talk about these teams had nauseam. Georgia, Bama, mm. Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. <laughs> and then you look at from 6 through 10, we talked about USC like crazy. Kentucky gets some shine with Will Levis. Tennessee, Hendon Hooker and the nice win last week against Florida. I think NC State has gotten more talk than Oklahoma State is anonymous. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, So this is a big spot for them against Baylor. And Spencer Sanders, who threw seven interceptions in two games last year against Baylor, Yikes. really want to see what he's able to do today against Baylor in that defense. Yeah, and I'll say this. I don't even know if they've necessarily had to unsheathe everything their offensive playbook really has to offer. Uh, you know, the running game hasn't really quite kicked in yet for Oklahoma State, um, but that's a really efficient offense still, and they'll pile up the points. Uh, when you don't go against top-tier talent and you're still racking off wins and you're st you still have things that you need to sort of polish up and, you know, kind of hammer out some of the dents and then and then buff it all out, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what this Oklahoma State team – let's put it this way. They win this weekend, then it puts the rest of the nation on warning. Going back to what I said earlier when we started the show, that would be a statement win. All of a sudden now people are going to start talking about Oklahoma State. Yeah, tightest line of the weekend, too, with the ranked versus ranked you know, under a field goal. Um, the biggest line of the weekend, ranked versus ranked, surprise, surprise, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, actually, yeah. probably probably no surprise there. Uh, th basically a three-touchdown favorite, 17 and a half. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it gets to 18 or 19 by the time we get to game time. But um, do we feel the same way? Like, does Bama give us the same warm and fuzzies in prior years? Not me, not yet at least. But some of the numbers say that they're still at that level. Yards per play margin, point margin are still kind of elevated to the top of the country where we expect them to be. But again, our eyes tell us something differently when we watch Alabama. At least mine did when I watched that game against Texas. It's a great Penalties, point. receivers, are they the same explosive Alabama offense in years past? Same quarterback, defense is still good. 
Nick Saban's still a hell of a coach, but are they the same kind of team that is going to wow us on a week-to-week basis? I think we're going to find out today because that Arkansas crowd in Fayetteville is going to be pretty raucous. I could see there being some polish issues maybe with the penalties and, of course, uh, the explosive plays for the uh, Crimson Tide. I just feel like the Razorbacks, you know how you have the cowbells over there with Ole Miss? I feel like Arkansas needs their own version like a of hog? cowbells. Yeah, yeah, I don't call. know, right? Like something. Good the hog bell? Yeah, the, the hog horn, something. <laughs> the hog horn, I like that. Alliteration. <laughs> Great journalism <laughs> right there. Cowbell. Hey, be sure to check out the new-looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the Daily Lions Boost, or the Cash Out feature. And new users, you can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. We are off and running. And now that I have my uh, my headset, I can literally be off and running while I'm saying that. Very excited about that. We get to uh, one of the biggest matchups. We have just – we're handing the baton to ourselves, right? We were just talking about the SEC matchup of the day. One thing that you have to keep an eye on, one player who switches sides. He's going up against his former team. Something to watch. We'll have details for you. Right around the corner, you're hearing the dulcet tones of Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith. He's the lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Let's do it. Let's go! SEC matchup of the day. All right. You can make a good argument for a couple of different SEC matchups of the day. We're going to do one, and uh, we're going to do another one a little bit later. It's kind of like uh, NFL matchups where they say, we got a couple of goats here. <laughs> we got a couple of SEC matchups here today, right, in the conference. <laughs> Alabama against Arkansas. And you look at this, uh, points spread at MGM 17 right now. Arkansas, a home underdog. I'm curious what you guys think, but... It's sort of like the BetMGM sound effect, that lion, like the rah, 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 right? Yeah. That's how I think of Arkansas, where they had just a brutal loss last week against AM. KJ Jefferson fumbled right near the goal line. It was a 99-yard return for a touchdown by AM. And then Arkansas hits the top of the upright. And misses the kick that would have Can't given him a up. lead late. I've never seen that before in my life. But getting <laughs> 17 points at home after the horrible loss last week. I, I think they're a live dog plus the points here. Kind of like the, that lion going on here. At first blush, I like Arkansas plus the points. How about you guys? It's a big number. It's a big number. But here's what I'm going to say about Nick Saban. I think the best thing that could have happened to the, uh, the Crimson Tide last year for them this year is the fact that they survived a 42-35 scare at the hands of Arkansas. That was an onside kick that they were able to recover to seal the deal and win. 
that rarely happens with the Crimson Tide. And so to have that in your back pocket, if you're Nick Saban, I remember playing for his tutor, right, Bill Belichick. He came off that coaching tree. Every single time you played against a team, even if you were at the very tippy top of the heap, he found a way to knock you right back down to where you're supposed to be, which is hungry to get out there and play the best football you can. I guarantee he's playing the tape from last year, and he's setting the scene for all the youngsters in the room who weren't there to experience it and for all the veterans in the room who were. And he's going to say, look, we got to go out. We're seeking revenge. And so even though that's a huge number, I could see this be a runaway freight train. KJ is going to have to make all the plays for this Arkansas offense because that Alabama defensive front, that front seven, is giving up a stingy 1.7 yards per rush. I mean, so it's going to it's gonna fall into the hands of the Razorbacks' quarterback, and I'm not sure if he has enough big plays in the hat to pull out for this victory or for it even to be a close game. What's the saying? An elephant never forgets. That's what the crimson. That's the crimson tide this week, right? Hey, I love it here. Um, so these these games haven't been close in prior years. Last year's game was close. Bama's won 15 straight over Woo Big Suey. Um, only four of the 15 have been decided by less than 13 points. But again, last year was a little bit different, and they still, even though it was a seven-point game, Bama outgained them by over 200 yards. It was actually they 671 to 468. It was the most yards gained for an Alabama offense against the ranked opponent in the entire Nick Saban era. Now, is this the same Alabama offense as last year? Absolutely not. Do I expect 671 yards gained in this game? No. But I will say this. There's a little bit of a public dog uh, Arkansas. Oh, that's a lot of point. That That's the narrative that I'm hearing in the market right now. It's backed up by the fact that over 70% of the bets at BetMGM right now are on Arkansas. Wow. And we've seen this line kind of drift towards Alabama. Now, there's a little thing called, and we'll talk to Seamus McGee about it later, reverse line movement. We discussed it last week a little bit in a couple of different spots, the Oregon State game against USC being the big one, you know, where everyone's kind of betting one side, but the line, because the smart money, is going in the other direction. I would not be surprised if the hammer gets dropped in this game <laughs> after a really, really emotional game for Arkansas last week. Alabama just, you know, woke up and, you know, knocked the doors off Andy. It, I, I just, I, I feel like this is one of those spots where Nick Saban says, oh, you guys are doubting me? Yeah, okay. Let's see what we got. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think it's a double dose of Saban this week in particular because of they struggled against Texas yep. in their previous road game, and so yeah. that's a bunch of fuel for Nick Saban. Like, I told you, I told you, you got to be on your eye. You got to dot your eyes, cross your T's, that sort of thing. And then also the matchup last year against Arkansas, which you guys have alluded to, where it was a very close game. So Saban, he's in full Saban mode this week. There's no doubt about that. And, Rich, you talked about this. How much does K.J. Jefferson need to do today as the Arkansas quarterback? Because the Razorbacks, their identity is run the ball, pound the rock. And if they're not able to do that consistently, it's like a, a shock to the system. Like, whoa, normally our fastball is crushing it, and they're hitting our fastball left and right. What do we do, right? So I'm curious how that plays out. Also, one thing to look at, Bama's offensive line. Not that impressive so far. Mm. 
bad against Texas, and you look at the Hogs, they currently lead the FBS with 20 sacks. So that's something in Arkansas' wow. favor. One other guy to watch, Drew Sanders. He used to play for Alabama. He's now with Arkansas. He's tied for the most sacks in the country with five and a half. So I love that storyline heading in as well with Drew Sanders of the Hawks. Yeah, that is a fun one, right? Because of the transfer portal, the opportunity to go against a team you left uh, in short order, and he's having success with the, the Razorbacks. Yeah, you know, the way I feel about this is KJ has to play a perfect game in order for Arkansas to have success, especially if Alabama finds a way to shut down the run. When you are stacked up against that where you're saying, hey, our QB needs to play perfect, he, he can't have a single slip up, a single misstep, you know, get wrapped up and be on his way down and just fling one up to the defense or, you know, drop him back in the, in the pocket and trying to make something happen, extend a play and get a ball swatted out of his hand for the strip sack. You know, those things, they're going to be uh, exemplified, highlighted in this matchup between Bama and Arkansas on the road here for the Crimson Tide. And I just, that's that's what my feeling going into this game is. Nick Saban is going to try to have Alabama play the, the style of game where any Arkansas mistake is going to be highlighted. It's going to be the moment, the turning point. They're going to find a turnover. They're going to try to get them to throw it to them. They're going to try to shut down the run. I guarantee they're going to be loading the box and just tempting KJ to try to take over this game. And they're going to hope to put a rush on him and put an end to any of uh, the Fayetteville fans really getting behind their their their, uh, their Razorbacks. This is going to be one of those fun matchups to start. I think it's going to be one of those first halves that you're going to, you're going to remember for a while. And then I feel like it's going to be that runaway freight train in the second half. Wow. You know, Bama struggled on the road lately, guys. One and four against the number in their last five road games. Texas, Auburn, Mississippi State, A&M, the four losses against the number. And we are getting a code red today in Fayetteville. Oh, that's right. I love code red Mountain Dew. Code, yeah. <laughs> it's well, delicious. That's what you need in the morning to get revved up and ready to go. I had someone on Twitter comment this morning, I look tired. Maybe I need a code red to get myself oh, revved up. Wow. Um, so the penalties and the turnovers and just the overall polish. We saw it against Texas earlier this season. It, I mean, you would think Bryce Young can handle it. I'm not worried about that, but it's there's 10 other guys on the field on offense and 11 on defense. We saw how many – I think Will Anderson is still offsides, by the way, um, <laughs> in that game against Texas. Um, you know, he's, he's like lined up like in the backfield. But those are the things you would expect Nick Saban to clean up, right? They've had a couple of weeks since then. They played Vanderbilt, Cupcake City. Now they, you know, graduate up again to a tougher opponent. I would be willing to bet that Nick Saban has cleaned up those little, little nicks and cuts uh, that were kind of haunting the Crimson Tide in that game in Austin. Hey, coming up next, you've heard of gunslinger quarterbacks, right? Brett Favre is a famous one. I'll give you an example of a gunslinger coach. New terminology today on the show, but we have our gunslinger update anchor. He goes by the name of Mr. Isaac Lowenfron. I Low, what is going on? Talk first, ask questions later, or something like that. A lot of talking about Major League Baseball because it was quite a Friday night in the MLB as the Seattle Mariners and Oakland A's fellows were tied at one in the bottom of the ninth. Mariners pinch hitter Cal Raleigh at the plate and the venerable Rick Riz at the mic on KIRO. The 3-2 pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, stay 
are going to the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Rays clinched the playoff spot with a 7-3 win at Houston. Orioles over the Yankees 2-1. Aaron Judge remained at 61 home runs. He went 1-for-2 with two walks. The Yankees' loss clinched home field advantage in the American League playoffs for the Astros. Braves over the Mets 5-2, so the Braves and Mets are tied for first place in the National League East at 98-59 with five games to go in the regular season. In the Cardinals' 2-1 win over the Pirates, Albert Pujols added to history. 1-2 pitch to Albert. is hit high and deep. Down the left field line. That ball is gone. Into Big Mackland. Big fly, Albert. Number 701. The call on KMOX and in college football on Friday night, UCLA improved to 5-0, defeating 15th-ranked Washington 40-32. Bruin quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson completed 24 of 33 for 315 yards with three touchdown passes. Fellas, all yours. Good stuff. Appreciate that, Isaac Lohenkron. I'll say this real fast, too, guys. Hearing the sound of the Mariners clinching a playoff berth, Mm. I think some of that's missing in college football. We're talking about expansion and maybe moving it to 12 teams, and I think it's a matter of time until they do that. But think about that. We're going to hear similar calls in college football about being in line to be in the playoff. Yeah. You know, right? I I think that adds a lot more excitement to college football, and we've missed that for a number of years with the usual suspects. We haven't had that for a while now. Yeah, it's strange, right? We're uh, we're getting down the – well, I shouldn't say we're getting down the stretch, but we're getting to midseason here in this 2022 season. But there's so much to look forward to in the years to come in college football, and I agree with you. I think, I think what we're going to see with college football expansion in years to come and – you know, some of these these transfer portal and NIL situations, there's going to be programs that you've rarely heard about uh, w- when we're discussing the postseason, whatever that means in college football, that all of a sudden are going to fire to the top of the heap in short order. It is the Wild West right now, and, and I can't wait to see what happens as a result of it. It brings me back to 2005, Rich. This might bring back some tough memories for you, for me as well, where <laughs> – USC and Texas are the best two teams in the country, and I'm sitting here in Happy Valley thinking to myself, man, I'd love a shot at our defense to take on Vince Young and Reggie Bush. And, and it just, it, they're just, you're so close. You know, you, you're right there to where you should, you know, you, you have dreams, hopes, and aspirations of being in the final game, the final four, the final eight, whatever. And there's always that cutoff line, and it just seems like there's always a case to be made for a team that's just below that cutoff line to play with the big boys. And that I think we're going to start seeing those games real soon, which is going to be exciting. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this next. Let's go! Big 12 matchup of the day. Okay, guys, Oklahoma State at Baylor. And Oklahoma State, no love with the betting line over here. Top 10 team, they're a a two-and-a-half-point dog. On the road. Now, you could argue that's the correct line, but still, it's a higher-ranked team in the top ten, not the favorite. I love this. Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State head coach. I would like to coin a phrase, gunslinger head coach. That is exactly what he is because he was talking about his quarterback, Spencer Sanders, this week. And his quote just stood out to me. How many coaches would say something like this? He said, we let Sanders do whatever he wants. He's a risk taker. He'll throw into coverage some. 
but it's kind of the way it is. We have a lot of confidence in him to allow him to go out and make his plays. I, I like it. I And he talked about the seven interceptions that Sanders threw last year in two games against Baylor. And he was like, I'm not worried about four of them. He was getting hit while he threw it, so... We're fine. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I love the mentality from Mike Gundy. You can tell he's a former quarterback. Yeah, I mean, this will be the most complete defense the Cowboys have seen this season. And Spencer Sanders, um, he threw four picks against Baylor and Ar Arlington last season. So has he been efficient? Yeah, absolutely. He's got ten touchdowns, one pick on the season. But, I mean, it's difficult to make throws when you have trouble at your feet, and that's what Baylor does so well. They're able to just get get in your face. Even when they're not sacking the quarterback, they're able to just get a quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket or outside of the pocket, flushing him, getting him on the run, getting him throwing off his back foot, uh, odd angles, unbalanced throws, and that's when you start seeing the ball come out, a little wobbly, sometimes sail it on their receivers, and that's exactly what I think Baylor's going to try to do. If this is going to be about Sanders, they're going to make it about Sanders trying to throw out of a well in the pocket or try to throw running for his life outside the pocket. Yeah, and I, I think Dave Aranda, you talk about gunslinger head coaches. I would say he's kind of the opposite. He's like the, you yeah. know, he's kind of the phone booth head coach. But yeah. he's got talent. He's got this Baylor team. I, I'm looking at the pro football focus grades right now on both sides of the ball. There's... There's NFL players on this Bears roster, and there's some really good ones on the defensive line, on the offensive line, in the secondary. So not the quarterback, not the skill positions. They're not going to wow you up and down the field. They're not a glitz and glamour type of team. They will knock you in the face. And I think Dave Aranda, listen, I, I, I think if you were going to ask me who the better coach is in this game, I think it's Dave Aranda, and I, I'll be honest. To me, that's why I give Baylor a little edge here. You love Dave. You I do like Dave. Dave. I'm a big yeah. Dave guy. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> we love you. Are you going to shave your head like Dave? <laughs> no, absolutely no, not. My head's big it. enough as it is. I need hair to cover it up. Yeah. I, I'm curious how you guys feel about Blake Shapin. Because not a bad quarterback no. for Baylor. Not bad. But I don't know. There's something about... Going from a really athletic quarterback in Bohannon to Blake Shapin, who's he's more dial-up speed. You know, it's like going from yeah. high-speed internet to dial-up. <laughs> and when it's third and three, he's just sort of like meandering so around and not getting away from anyone. I'm like, ah, I'm used to the athletic QB making some plays, and Blake Shapin struggles in that department. Yeah, you know, mm. Blake Shapin, he's been – how would I describe it? He's been – solid and unspectacular like it's nothing you're going to write your relatives about you know yeah. you're not going to take out uh you know the the, the the calligraphy pen and and write to your dearest Anne. you know on the east coast you know you're not going to spend time <laughs> talking about blake shapin but but you know what he does do he does everything the right way right you know i mean he's going to make the correct decision with the football when given time he's he understands the offense he had a bit of a breakout season last year especially in that big 12 title game win over oklahoma state and this resets that like we were talking about earlier the revenge factor but it is just it, it really is it goes from sitting in the front seat of a hot rod to you know really dependable camry you know, and that's yeah, okay. Crushing too. the references today. <laughs> right. Mid season form across the board. Let's go.
They'll get you <laughs> where you're going. Great gas mileage. Great gas mileage. Yeah, get some MPG going on here with Blake Shapin. I can't even follow that up. Like, let's just move on to the next game. How can I make a better, you know, slice of analysis than that? I mean, goodness gracious. That is tremendous. All right, that is uh, Rich Ornberger, who just made the Camry comparison. All the ones and twos. Over there. Yeah, <laughs> Jared Smith at PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. Okay, so we talk about it every week. It's something that we dabble with. You want to be a social drinker. You don't want to get drunk on this next thing at your disposal. We'll have, this, uh, we'll have some details for you coming up. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Just a little more than two hours away from kickoff. Let's dive into this now. Check this out. Parlay Platter. All right, a parlay platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books, the king of parlays. Okay, so uh, it was a vague tease, right? Just a little bit ago. I just want to do some sh- social drinking here. You don't want to get drunk on this. It's the parlay, okay? You dabble with the parlays over here. Bigger payout, but lesser odds to actually win the freaking thing, you know? So, Jared, you always talk about just a a small little small little taste over here when you go with the parlays, right? You have something laid out for us today? One per week, discipline, right? That's that's what we're all about here in the gambling space. We like to have fun. Parlays are fun. I am not the, you know, antithesis of fun. I'm also, uh, how many times can I say the word fun in this segment? Let's try one more time. Parlays are fun, but just small little bites. So here we go. We haven't won one yet this year, and that's why. It's a perfect, this is a living, breathing example of why you should only do one parlay a week. They are very, very difficult to win, especially when we like to take big shots. Last week we took a big shot, didn't work out. We're going to take another shot this week. Let's start with North Texas as a money line dog against Florida Atlantic. Mean green defense. That's what the handicap is here. Held Memphis to 334 yards last week. That is over 100 yards below their average over the last 15 home games. And that's important because the prior week when we bet on North Texas and they got blasted by UNLV, eh, 
their defense didn't play well. Well, they gave up nine explosives in that game against the Rebels. They only gave up one explosive to Memphis last week, who I would say is a much better offense than UNLV. Credit the defensive coordinator for the mean green, Phil Bennett, one of the most experienced in the country. I think they have this game buttoned up at home against FAU. Maybe a little distracted this week with the hurricane preparations. I know it's, it was on the you know east side of the state in Boca Raton is where FAU is, but still some distractions this week, I think, for the Owls as they head their way west to Denton, Texas. Also, I'm on Cal tonight, Golden Bears against Wazoo. We'll talk about this game during the uh, Situation Room, but this is a sandwich spot for Wazoo tonight. Loss at Oregon last week, or home versus Oregon last week, at USC next week. Very difficult in-between sandwich, the meat of the sandwich this week against the Golden Bears. And finally, the Troy Trojans, another Moneyline underdog today at Western Kentucky. Troy is a little better than their record indicates. They're 2-2, two and two, but they lost to App State on that Hail Mary. They really should be 3-1. and one. I like the way this Trojans defense is playing. They held down Marshall last week, 16-7. to They beat the Thundering Herd, only two yards per carry for Marshall. That was right after, sorry, Brian. Um, Marshall ripped off four and a half yards per carry on the ground against Notre Dame. So impressive performance for the Trojans defense last week. And I think we've got a hidden edge here. Troy backup quarterback, Jarrett Dogie. He transferred from Western Kentucky in August, very recently. He knows this Hilltopper system. I think there's a bit of an edge there with Dogie running the scout team for the Trojans this week against Western Kentucky. And I like the Sun Belt over Conference USA, so that's why we like Troy to win this game. So here we go. North Texas money line, Cal money line, Troy money line. This is plus 1570 on a parlay. Half a unit, 50 bones to win about 750. Yep, give me all the sprinkles. <laughs> Rainbow, chocolate, all the sprinkles. Let's do it. I, you Man. know what? That cow, that cow pick mm. on the money line. I, I'm all over that with you. Uh, everybody saw the Bears on big national television come up just short. Marcus Freeman dabbing his brow against Notre Dame, and then since then, they've been quietly playing very, very good, solid football. Uh, you know, a 2014 win over UNLV, who, by the way, out of the Mountain West, has surged to the top of the pack. Uh, it seemed too close to call against what you would call nationally a mediocre team, but better than I think the nation realizes. Um, and it was a really strong perf uh, defensive performance for Cal. So, yeah, dude, I'm all over that, too, against Wazoo. I think that's a good spot for the Bears. Love it. Go Man, Bears. you're getting bold over here, Jared. Almost 16-1. to 1. Well, if we're going to ha do these parlays, the first few weeks I was kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> dipping my toe in. Uh-huh. We're, we're, going, we're going hard the rest of the season. Moneyline dogs, and we want 10 to 1 or higher on these parlays. Because if and it's <laughs> – listen, we're going to hit one. It's going to happen this year. We're going to hit one, and it's going to make up for all the other losses. I just love, you know, when we're talking sports here, some people, some fans are like – Ah, the Wii's over here. Well, you don't play for the team. What's with the Wii's? That's how I feel during the parlay plan. 100%. I'm like, what? I didn't. I didn't lose the parlay over here, Jared. Like with the Wii's, you know, Rich and I are along for the ride. Uh, but hey, man, we're with you. We're supporting you over here. Fun. Thank you. It's I about fun. Got you. you don't get any of the money when we win that. Is <laughs> is everybody having fun? <laughs>
We're fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, good. Yeah, don't 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 take sixteen to one to make rent, right? You know. This no, is, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You're just taking a little frosting out of the bowl here. Yeah, taking, this taking is just a lick sprinkle of the money. Yeah, this is yeah, One yeah. less beer at the bar later. We're gonna throw <laughs> a little sprinkle on it. By the way, I learned something last night. You guys might know this already, but. I was watching the end of the UCLA win over Washington. Nice win for the Bruins and Chip Kelly. And there were a couple of kneel downs at the very end of the game for Dorian Thompson Robinson. And some people had their eye on the rushing total for him. Oh. So he was, he was just barely over it. Two kneel downs, but they didn't count it against his rushing total a la Patrick yeah, they Mahomes changed in the it Super to Bowl. It's a team rush now. It's a team rush. I didn't yeah. know that. I was like, wow, wow good to know. But sacks, he. This is why I don't like quarterback rushing props in college football. Sacks do count. They do. Against you. They don't. That's in the bad news they do bears in right football. there. Yep. Oh, that's very bad news bears. Yeah. Can you imagine losing a rushing quarterback prop on a random sack? <laughs> I wasn't would the guy's never fault bet at all? one again. <laughs> Whew, that's rough. All right. We get right back into the top matchups. It is a ranked versus ranked weekend here in college football. It's countdown to kickoff. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Less than two hours away from kickoff. It's Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff, presented by BetMGM. I was just thinking, guys, joined by Rich Hornberger, that uh, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. I was just thinking about something I hate related to college football. I know this is a crazy stance, but it's, it's more so about picking games, right? What I hate, and you mentioned this, Jared, is uh, this Alabama-Arkansas game. Arkansas is getting 17 points. And you mentioned, Jared, that Arkansas is the public side. Mm. A lot more bets, a lot more money on Arkansas plus 17. You know what I hate the most? I hate when I pick a team that doesn't cover, that is the losing side, and it's the public side. I hate that. You can avoid that I, just by staying away from the public side. I know. And I, I, I can do I'm that. a contrarian better. That, I, I never <laughs> bet the public side. So never. So just tail all of my picks. I bet on who I think is going to be the winning side, whether that's the public side or not. That's fair. I'm not going to let that. Public wins too sometimes. They do. They absolutely win. But, but I not just as feel much like, as the Sharps win. Not as much, but they do win. I just feel like what was it from Game of Thrones where it's like shame, shame. I just yeah. feel like one of the one of the many sea of suckers if you're well, on the public side and it doesn't work out. I'll say this. There's a lot of gatekeeping that goes on in the gambling world because there's a lot of sharp betters that see us as the media as, you know, the enemy because we're putting out all this information that they're trying to keep locked away in in a vault so they could get the best number. I think there is an element of fun and what we want to happen is not always what happens, but I don't think there's any shame involved in betting the public side. But if you want to win long term, you have to eliminate the, you know, the brain. Yeah. Just or turn off the heart and only listen to the brain. Very hard it, to do. It's really actually a comparable conversation to what we're about to see in Major League Baseball heading into the postseason is that idea of in those moments where it matters the most, trusting your gut over the uh, analytics. You know what I mean? When you're yeah. analyzing 
the numbers and you're you're seeing what the sharps see and you say, yeah, okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, because that defense gives up tons of yards on the ground that sets up well, but the public is pounding this number on the other side. It's like, well, what do you do? You know, you'll feel like a fool if you just trust your gut, but it's more fun to ride yeah. the high of trusting your gut. You're right. When, when you go with the numbers, now you have the excuse. It's like it's like um, it's like trusting the book in blackjack. You can always say, well, that's what the book said. Yeah. That's what the book said. So There's you always hindsight in betting. Yeah. <laughs> no, no matter how good of a day, and I, I talked this with a buddy the other day, no matter how much money I win in one day, there's always, oh, I could have had more, you know? So you're, you're, you're never satisfied. Even if you pick a winning side, you're like, I should have bet more. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's a very hard, and we have to just shut our, shut our brains off. And you're right. Sometimes it is a little bit more fun just to, you know, lean with what we think is going to happen compared to what we actually view as the true side. And you know how I think of it? I think of the public side or the sharp side. I'll pay attention to it but I'm not going to be beholden to it. Agreed. You might disagree with this, Jared. No, I no, I, I agree. With, I, yeah. I, I agree 100%. I think you should, yeah. you should let the handicap speak for itself and use the public and non-public numbers as a guide and not gospel. You hear this in sports radio a lot, talk about ratings. You know, I, I'll pay attention to it, but I'm not going to form my viewing habits on it. Sure. Like, let's just say the NBA playoffs are down ratings-wise from one year to the next. I love the NBA playoffs. I don't care if the numbers are in the toilet. I'm still going to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's how I think about the public money. And Yeah, I'll pay attention to that, but I'm not going to let it completely sway me with every play I have. The, no. one, the one ad I'll make, a public underdog is a little more stinky than mm. just the public favorite. <laughs> the public underdog is the that one. Yeah, please. That, yes, that, and we hear that phrase all the time. And listen, there's two of them today in the SEC, Arkansas and, and uh, Kentucky. Everybody's betting Arkansas. Everybody's betting Kentucky. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if one of those teams covers, but those are the two today that seem to have fleas. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and to your point about viewership, you know, there are times where the public's right. You know what I mean? Everybody tells you Ted Lasso's a great show, and you're like, yeah, okay, okay. But then they you go right. test it out for yourself, and you're like, sure. oh, yeah, that is a great show. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you can be guided with the inertia, with the wave of support, and it, it crashes on the right beach. And then sometimes you stare down a number, and you're like, my stomach turns when I see how much money is going on one side. And that's where you kind of have to pivot and go in a different direction. It, it's it's fascinating, man, because that is as much as it is for a better looking at spreads or 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 uh, totals on games. That's how coaches feel about decisions, you know, with their offense, with their defense. You're playing percentages, you're playing analytics. It's just happening with eleven players on each side of the ball, as opposed to me with my little laptop late at night, you know, looking up, you know, Reb's record against the Wildcats. It's just how it works. Yeah, it is how it works. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Let me toss this at you guys as well because uh, I was just thinking about this with uh, recruiting rankings. You were seeing a lot of, hey, this uh, Notre Dame's got company in the top three. And, all. and I just started thinking about the transfer portal and how much of a bigger impact it's having now. You're seeing it already. USC is a – they're knocking on the door of being a top five team. Tennessee – 
has had some uh, transfer portal guys contribute, and they're a top 10 team. Washington, even though they lost last night, Michael Penix Jr. has been huge for the Huskies. So I'm just wondering if we're ever going to see a time not too far from now where it's going to be combined. It's almost like streaming ratings in a way, you know, where instead of just looking at terrestrial radio, it's like, well, what are the streaming numbers also? Because that gives you a, a better indication of who's listening. I wonder if we're going to see this sort of a combo platter, if you will, not just recruiting rankings, but it coupled with the transfer portal because I really don't care what USC's recruiting rankings are if they get Caleb Williams, they get Jordan Addison, they get the running back. Like, like That makes a huge impact. I wonder if we're going to see those two things combined in the not-too-distant future. It has to. It has to. I mean, if, if you're going to be a smart better, especially, you have to pay attention to the transfer portal and what a veteran player did at his prior school. You know, an experienced quarterback entering an offense that just needs one more piece to really get rolling, and you make that addition, whether it's in the run game or up front at left tackle or a quarterback, like you mentioned with Caleb Williams to the Trojans. Yeah, you have to pay attention to that stuff. I'll tell you what. I just called a game last night. I was, uh, I was, uh, the charter flight landed at one in the morning. I got in bed at two. <laughs> I mean, I saw something that was directly affected by the transfer portal last night. Boise State. All right, mm. they they first of all they fire their offensive coordinator Tim Plow. Dirk Cutter was an offensive analyst, takes over as OC. Their starting quarterback transfers out of the program this week. You don't think that has an effect on the line? They got a backup, inexperienced quarterback walking into the fray. They they look lost in the first half. They make some adjustments at halftime. They rack off 35 unanswered points. They win the game 35-13. The transfer portal is going to completely turn this game on its head. I watched it live in Living Color last night. Absolutely. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago with just – the overall vibe of college football now turning into professional sports. I mean, l honestly, let's just call the Power Five and, and you know, the, uh, the college football playoff what it is. It's, it's like minor league professional football. I mean, that's how good these players are. That's how much money these programs make. Just wait till we see what the new TV deal is going to be once they expand the playoff. I mean, these athletic directors are swimming in money. And I, I know that it's... It, it, it's, you know, it's money that, that is deserving of the sport because it is so entertaining to watch. But you're right. Money changes everything. And the more money these programs make, I mean, the Longhorns have their own network for crying out loud. They print <laughs> money in Austin. And the Big Ten network, really, it's actually funny, Rich, because the Big Ten network, I think, was the catalyst for this. The modern-day college football network vibe the big when the Big Ten network came in, it was like the coolest thing ever. It was like, oh, the, the the Big Ten has its own network now, and now it's every single conference has its own network, and now individual programs have their own network. So the television media expansion has now led to the transfer portal, which is going to lead to the expansion of the playoff, and who knows what the next step is from there and there. And oh, by the way, once we get California legalizes gambling in Texas and all these other big states, it will continue to just pump money into the sport. The gambling space has also been intriguing with college football. We used to always see, be against it. Now yeah. it's everyone's for it. <laughs> yeah, I just see so many recruiting rankings, recruiting rankings. Have you guys seen portal rankings? 
I haven't seen no. rankings no. on that. There'll be a whole yeah. website dedicated to that pretty soon, though, if there isn't already. Yeah, there should be because I think it's even easier because there are a lot of guys that are transferring that have performed maybe for years in college football and are transferring somewhere else. You have a much better indication of what they're doing and what they might do going forward in college football. I think the the transfer portal rankings can be even more accurate because not every guy gets on the field. Some guys, that's why they transfer is because they're not getting on the field. But you get the other side of it where, again, USC, Caleb Williams, you saw him at Oklahoma perform. You saw Jordan Addison at Pitt perform. And so it's a lot easier to gauge where the ratings uh, rankings should be as far as the transfer portal. I, I can't believe we're not there yet. Yeah. So that that's the next step, and then I wonder if it's going to be combined with recruiting rankings. We can get all crazy with rankings if we want to. You're all over this, man, because I'll tell you, one of the things that I think a lot of fantasy football players back in the, the early aughts never thought they would see is mainstream fantasy football. And here we are. I mean, I'm in a fantasy football league with my six-year-old uh, grandmother uh, 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 neighbor, <laughs> right? You know, she, she's got little grandchildren. Is she winning the league right now? Uh, I she's hope she actually is. in the top five. Of she's course. in the top five, and I'm not, so that goes to show you. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, and that's that's the thing is, you know, all of a sudden these little, these little uh, niches in the system become mainstream, and I think the transfer portal is about to explode over the next two to three years. And exactly what you said, now you have – have an idea of what this quarterback looks like in this offensive system, what this wide receiver can do at the college level. And it's not just some obscure school out of Idaho. It's it's like, no, 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 no. He played at Pitt. Like, we know with a capable quarterback what this receiver is talented enough to do at this level. And, and coming from the player perspective, making that leap from high school to college – that is one of the biggest jumps you'll make in mm. your entire playing career. The speed of the game, you know, you're, you're not looking at jersey numbers at first. You're seeing blurs on the field. You're like, how is everybody so fast? But then you realize, like, oh, wait, that's right. I was the player of the state in New York in 2004. He was the player of the state in Wisconsin. He was the player of the state out there in Iowa. Like, you know, all of a sudden you realize, no, 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 everybody was great in high school. Everybody was the homecoming king. All these guys can play, and and you got to find out who can play at that level. Well, in the transfer portal, everybody can play at that level. And, and yeah, if, I, if, I didn't make that jump, unfortunately. My <laughs> career ended in high school, sadly. I was a Penn State intramural champion, though, in the fraternity league, though, Rich. That was there my game. <laughs> yeah, you're making tackles on the front lawn. You know, it's the, funny. I played with Jordan Norwood the year he gray-shirted before he came onto the team. That dude, was my he, freshman year. man. He, he was, was, a, he was Norwood, a stud man. at wide oh, receiver. Such a stud. Yeah, man. You Penn State dorks. <laughs> I, I know. You, that's like, you're right. You have to deal with it, bud. I'm sorry. You got nothing to, but, that, nothing, by the way, real fast, though, you. I got to go back to, I saw the score. Rich, you're doing the San Diego State game last yeah. night, and I saw the Aztecs are out in front 13 nothing. I'm like, wow. Man, boys, <laughs> yeah, they're really last. falling on hard times. And it, complete role reversal, man. Yeah, 35-13, five straight touchdowns. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Role reversal, you know, it's the, all the cliches. Tale of two halves, mm. you know, offensive adjustments. I mean, Boise State abandoned their passing game at halftime. I don't know. I mean, maybe they passed it three times after the half. They just found mm. something in the run game, and they stuck with a bunch of injuries for – uh, the Aztecs, look, that's college football, man. You never know what you're going to get. That's why we love it.
And that's coaching. That's coaching. That's, hey, this isn't working. Let's freaking change it instead of, hey, this is just what we do. So I guess we're going to lose. Like, I hate when coaches don't change things up that aren't working. Oh, are we getting a timeout call from the sideline? Is that what that whistle means? <laughs> we got a booth review. I we think did. that's what it is. We got a booth review. Coming was there targeting? I don't know. What happened here? Personal <laughs> foul. Jared's ejected? That's not right, man. Oh, oh no. Who's going to do the no. parlay now? Oh, we Who's going to lose a parlay that. this week now if I get ejected? Where's we our not have that. <laughs> All right, it's uh, coming up. Well, well, you're hearing from Rich Orenberger. He's that Penn State All-American over here. It's Jared Smith. He's the lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. He will not shave his head like Dave no. Aranda. Will not be happening over here. I'm Brian No. Okay, coming up next. Uh, well, let me remind you one thing first, though. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Okay, there is a big game today, a big game, that features both strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness. We will lay all that out for you coming up. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Just about an hour and 35 minutes until kickoff. Hey, earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of parlays. Hit it. Let's go. SEC matchup of the day. Oh, it's a tasty matchup over here. Number seven, Kentucky against number 14, Ole Miss. Both teams are 4-0. Ole Miss, favored. Ole Miss, what we got over here? It's uh, moving lines, favored by six and a half. Jared, you say Kentucky's the huge public play today, yes? Oh, boy. This is what we like to call pros v. Joes, baby. Public loves Kentucky. The smart money is on the Rebs. You know, it's it's uh, the public money always the dumb money. You know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> Set, yes. yes. And now, th- again, public wins sometimes too. The Sharks uh-huh. lose four games out of ten on average. But I would rather be on the side that wins six out of ten over the long haul. Yeah. Okay. And now, the way I look at this game, you've got strength, strength versus strength, and you also have weakness versus weakness. So in the strength versus strength department – Ole Miss, their running game is freaking awesome. They've rushed for over 280 yards per game so far. But Kentucky's rush defense pretty good, only allowing 108 yards per game. So it's really interesting to see how much success Ole Miss is going to have running the ball. Now the flip side of it, weakness versus weakness, Ole Miss, their rush defense is brutal. They've allowed 40 runs of at least 10 yards. That's a lot. But Kentucky, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. They rank 123rd nationally. They do get their guy Chris Rodriguez back. He's back from a four-game suspension. 
Rushed for almost 1,400 yards last season, so that could be a big deal for Kentucky's running attack. But it'd be interesting to see, strength versus strength, can Ole Miss still pound the rock? Because they have been. And when Kentucky has the ball, can they run? This is right up your alley, Rich Ornberger, the running game here, (laughs) battle in the trenches. trenches. I'll tell you what, my belly hurts, and I'll explain why in a second. Because, look, you know, the Wildcats and the Rebels both are coming off of really, really poor performances, in my opinion. Um, Kentucky edged out Northern Illinois by eight points, an eight-point victory for Ole Miss, who basically didn't show up for the second half against Tulsa. And you mentioned Rodriguez Jr. comes back. He's going to help out Will Levis. This run game may get back on track for Kentucky. And um, Kentucky is by far the toughest opponent Ole Miss has seen this season. Wildcats already have a big win on the road against Florida this year. Oh, God, I really like Kentucky. (laughs) I really do. I know. It's so easy. How are they seven-point underdogs? I can't believe they've been so good. All right, so Kentucky, of course, back-to-back, if they win this game, will be 5-0 for two straight years. For two straight years. For the first time in seven decades. So this is lofty expectations now that Kentucky's trying to live up to for a second straight season. This is actually the first time that both teams are ranked in this matchup since 1958. Wow. So you don't see success in tandem with both of these programs very often. Now, Chris Rodriguez coming back is huge. Absolutely huge. But here's the thing I well and, and I'll even I'll even take it a step further. The running game is huge, but him and pass blocking also very important. But Let's look at some of the other things that are involved with the Kentucky run game. Well, they lost four offensive line starters from last year, and their offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, is now the offensive line coach at Alabama. Obviously, he was doing a pretty good job if Nick Saban decided to hire him away. The one thing that scares me, I don't think it matters who is in the backfield if you can't block. And 54, almost half of the 120 run plays for the Wildcats this year have been quote-unquote stuffed. And again, that's against Miami of Ohio, Florida, okay, NIU, and Youngstown State. Ole Miss, to me, is better than all of those teams defensively, I think. And I I think offensively, Jackson Dart's been better than expected. His grades have been positive so far. We didn't know what we were going to get from him. And I don't fully trust the Kentucky defense with their strength of schedule. This will be the most difficult test for this Kentucky team all season, I think. Full picture, offense, defense, special teams, tough environment in Oxford. Oh, by the way, the Rebels have won 12 straight in Oxford. I think I love Ole Miss is the right side here, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I love one thing you said is running backs pass blocking. Yes. It is huge. the most overlooked aspect of football no doubt. by miles. <laughs> it's just, hey, it's all about... And I'm not against fantasy football. I'm not. But it's all about, hey, how many rushing yards? How many receiving yards? Yards, yards, yards. If you can't pass protect, we call out the left tackle who can't pass block to save his life. We never talk about running backs that can't do it. But it's a huge deal. It absolutely is. Well, it makes you – it's what separates you from being a first and second down back, from being able to be on for three downs or four downs of football. And, you know, this actually reminds me of a conversation I was having this week about the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody is still calling, 
Hey, you know, why isn't Tony Pollard the guy? You just answered it with that last dissertation. It's because he can't pass block. Zeke Elliott is way better in that phase of the game. And so that's the reason why, first of all, that's the reason why they paid Zeke or a big part of the reason why they paid Zeke. And the other part of it is because when you can't trust a guy to stay on the field for three downs, you just can't be the guy. And that is... That's part of the college football scene, too. You, you need to be able to protect your quarterback, and the running back is a part of those protections. You know what it Amen. reminds me of? It reminds me of, you know, who you know will get your foot in the door, but how good you are will keep you there. Yep. If yeah. you're a good runner, you'll get on the field as a running back. If you're a good blocker, you'll stay on the field as a yep. running back. That's, That's how I say it. it. Yeah, love that. All right, coming up next, we'll get you all the uh, market movements. Got to pay attention to this, getting you set for a college football Saturday. But first, also have to pay attention to Mr. Isaac Lowenkron. I low with the latest. Because it was such a dramatic night in Major League Baseball on Friday night, especially for the long-suffering fans in Seattle because the Mariners and Oakland A's were tied at one. Bottom of the ninth inning, Mariner pinch hitter Cal Raleigh at the plate. Rick Rez at the microphone on KIRO. The 3-2 pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, stay fair, holy smokes, he did it, off the hit in air cafe, Cal Raleigh with a walk-off home run, how sweet it is, the Mariners in the 20-year drought, and a walk-off home run by Cal Raleigh, they win the ball game 2-1, and the Mariners A short time later, Mariners manager and middle-aged man hanging out with college kids on spring break, Scott Service addressed the crowd. Tonight, let's party! (laughs) Scott Service, a.k.a. the Howard Dean of Major League Baseball. That's what it reminded me of. (laughs) Oh, well, there we go. By the way, one of you three did a Howard Dean scream impersonation just before that, and it was spot on considering you had five seconds notice. Which one of the which one of you did that, Brian, Rich, or Jared? I did it, but I think Rich did it too. Okay. Yeah. They must have been talking about Penn State, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I guess. Oh, come on. Let's go to the creamery for breakfast, guys. Was Dean a Nittany Lion? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, One in five uh, people I went can, to Penn State. Basically, it oh, wow. seems like that, especially after they, especially after they win. Let's see. I'm I'm looking up Howard Dean right now. Uh, no, sorry guys. I would bet no. Though. Yeah, he had to settle for that uh, college football former power Yale. Oh, <laughs> must no. not have been able to get into Penn State. No, yeah, probably not. Sure. <laughs> also last night, the Tampa Bay Rays clinched a playoff spot with a 7-3 win at Houston. Orioles over the Yankees 2-1. to Aaron Judge remained at 61 home runs. He went 1-2 for two with two walks. The Yankees lost, by the way, means that the Astros clinch home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs. Braves over the Mets 5-2, to so they're tied for first place in the National League East at 98-59 and with five games to go in the regular season. Albert Pujols hit the 701st home run of his career as his Cardinals defeated the Pit- Pittsburgh Pirates 2-1. College football on Friday night saw UCLA improve to 5-0 with a 40-32 win over 15th-ranked Washington. Bruin quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson completed 24-33 of 33 for 315 yards and three touchdown passes. Didn't think uh, this particular r- report would end up in exploring 
Howard Dean's choice of colleges, but there we have it. Back to you. There it is. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. No time to waste. Let's dive in. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, I want to welcome in Christian Cipollini, BetMGM Sportsbook Trading Manager. Welcome to the show, Christian. Always appreciate your time. I'm always big on the line movement and the market movement. Anything changing in a, a big way that's catching your eye this morning. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Um, n- not too, too much going on. I mean, Texas, we had uh, Quinn Ewers officially out, so we had a little bit of line movement there uh, towards West Virginia. A lot of the line movement came earlier this week. Uh, we had a couple totals that had a pretty significant move uh, based on the hurricane info. A lot of those teams in the path there, actually, uh, a lot of those totals went down. That was the, sharp, the biggest move we've had of the week. Yeah, it's always fun to see the weather have an impact, Christian, especially this week with the hurricane. We hope everyone's safe there on the East Coast, but it definitely is impacting not only the college lines, but the NFL as well. Uh, I did see some news break this morning uh, it, with the Purdue game uh, against Minnesota. Aiden O'Connell starting today. We saw that line move about three or four points in Purdue's favor. They're taking on the Golden Gophers. Um, was all of that injury-related, or was there also some sharp money that came in um, on the Boilers this week? Yeah, that was mostly uh, all, all off that injury news. Uh, this morning we were at 12.5 uh, for Minnesota, and that dropped down uh, to, to we're at 9.5 now. Uh, line opened at 10, so kind of went a little back and forth, but with that injury news, back at 9.5. Mm. At this point in the season, Christian, what what should betters expect when they go to the window in terms of of odds makers? You know, I I, I look at spreads this week, and I I kind of feel like we we know we're consistently seeing teams favored or dogged at the number that we like to see them at. But are there variances that you could you could spotlight as a better to sort of capitalize? Is is that something we'll start seeing week five, week six, week seven of the college football season? Yeah, I mean, if you can ever get those key numbers, the one you like, like Wisconsin six and a half favorites. So if you like them, you know, that that's a good spot to have. Maybe you can get them by a touchdown there. Even same with Maryland, seven and a half point favorites. So if you like Michigan State, get that half a point. You know, usually those go in your favor. So that's usually the best advice I can give. He's Christian Cipollini, BetMGM Sportsbook Trading Manager, joining us here on Countdown to Kickoff. Need more advice from you, Christian, because we've been talking about a little bit this morning about the public side. Say Arkansas in that matchup against Alabama. Arkansas is the very public side. What would be your advice to a better out there? Would you pay attention to which is the public side or not? Or would you just say, I'm betting which side I think is going to be the winning side? How would you... How would you go about that? Well, usually, usually if you're if you're looking at that, you've kind of already missed the movement. You know, the sharps have already hit the other side, um, so you're not really going to get an edge there at that point. So at that point, if you're betting today on a Saturday, most of the line is kind of shaped to about where it's going to be. So at that point, you just you know go with what you like. But if you're going to be betting earlier in the week, that's where you can get those edges and those lines that'll that'll be in your favor, maybe a couple points here or there. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense to me, Christian, because, again, when the market has settled, especially on a big 
marquee game like Arkansas, Alabama, at this stage, everything's already been the bites have already been taken out of the market, and you're kind of left yeah. with the scrap. So, it, it speaking of that game though, and and the other SEC game today, it does look like the public likes both dogs. Are you seeing movement towards the underdogs this morning, or are we seeing some of that reverse line movement away from the underdogs, which leads me to believe that Ole Miss and Alabama, the two favorites, would be maybe the sharper side there? We actually haven't had too, too much line movement. Uh, This morning we were at minus 17 for uh, Alabama, and and we've actually stayed there. We went briefly to 17 and a half, but we're back at 17. You could have gotten that earlier in the week, Alabama minus 15 and a half, 16 and a half. Um, but this morning we haven't had too, too much. And same with uh, Kentucky Ole Miss. Uh, we opened it minus six and a half, went to seven briefly a couple days ago, and back at six and a half now. So, Anything shocking or surprising this morning or this week? It just slips coming in on a side that you didn't expect or a total one side or the other that you didn't expect? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think Arkansas is actually a little bit surprising to me, only hmm. just because, Every single week for me, Alabama is always the most bet on team every single time. So mm. to see the dog coming is actually different than usual. You know, Christian, we sometimes talk to Seamus McGee on this show, and he'll from time to time give us something totally random. Like, <laughs> hey, look out for incarnate word today. Or something like, is there anything <laughs> totally random that catches your eye? <laughs> Totally random. I unfortunately, Seamus is much better with those than I am. Um, but no, unfortunately, I can't think of anything good here off the top of my head. I'll give you an interesting one. How about this JMU Texas State total? You talk about the weather. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So one of my pals in town had a meteorologist on his show last night talking about the weather, uh, you know, in James Madison, which is kind of in the Virginia Shenandoah Valley area. Have we seen significant movement to the under in JMU, Texas State? Uh, Not too, too much, actually. That's one that I thought for sure once you were saying that. But uh, we opened at 52 and a half and we're at 51 and a half. So Mm. I I thought for sure in that area, that's one that I would have thought, but. No, not too, too much. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, thinking about pounding the under there. I think the under might be in play <laughs> yeah, in JMU, Texas yeah. State. I mean, you want to talk about random games today. There. Tried to throw but, as much randomness as I could into the mix for you guys. <laughs> hey, man. We have, uh, we've sufficed over here, right? We got the <laughs> random quota. Christian, hey, man, good stuff. Hope you enjoy all the games today and hope it's uh, profitable as long as I'm not betting on the other side at BetMG. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Good luck to you, and good luck to everyone out there. All right, thank you. There he is, Christian Cipollini, BetMGM Sportsbook Trading Manager. Okay, we're just, what, an hour and 20 minutes roughly until kickoff? We've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. That is right. Did you wear 64 the whole time, Rich? At Penn State? At Penn State, yeah. I believe I did. You know, and by the way, every single number I wore was handed to, to me by an equipment manager. I just went, all right. <laughs> so that's all I, I had your jersey decided. in college, Rich. I also wore 64 in the stands when I was watching you play. <laughs> Thank and, you. You were, you were the one? Smith. I was the one. <laughs> he was the one. He was rocking it with pride. Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. All right, coming up next, some very interesting trends, including – the giant killers of college football. We'll have details. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Touchdown, 
Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? Oh, only about an hour and 10 minutes until kickoff. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's get trendy. Oh, as if. Hey, be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Okay, getting trendy. We're looking at very interesting trends over here. I've got one here, including the giant killers of college football. How about the Iowa Hawkeyes? So this goes back to 2008. A little bit of a hot tub time machine trend over here, but how about this? Yes! yes! Iowa, 5-1 and one against top five teams at home. Mm, Iowa. 5-1 and one outright against top five teams. That's that's pretty impressive to me. Wow. That is, that is a tasty little lick of the lollipop right there. <laughs> that is... I'll yeah, tell you what. That's some visual right there. Yummy! <laughs> that is... But I'll, you know what? I'm going to hop in the hot tub. I'm going to go on the other side of this. I'm going to give you some trends on the Michigan side of things. And oh, I've boy. Done, hey. I, you know, I rolled up my sleeves, and I, I really went into the data collection here. Uh, uh, Michigan. Nerd. Yeah, it's super nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Fix my glasses. Uh, <laughs> Michigan is 5-1 and one against the spread in its last six conference games. All right, Wolverines five and one against the spread in their last six road games. Michigan f- four and one against the spread in its last five road games versus a team with a winning home record, like the Hawkeyes. Now, look, the Hawkeyes only beat bad teams; they lose to good ones. You know, and I understand it's a three and one record, but that's where we stand today. I don't know; those trends are favoring Michigan in this one, and mm. you got some crossover or holdover from last season with Wolverines no changes at the head coach position so I don't know I'm feeling maybe the side that the public is wagering on this one mm. public public Joe. rich I know, public dude. rich <laughs> public rich all right I, I'll give Joe you two <laughs> I, I'll be honest this game is the, the Iowa Michigan game is the most polarizing game of the day and we'll get into it a little later but I've got a couple of other trends that are fascinating Let's talk about the service academies. Navy and Air Force play each other today. The total in this game is 38 and a half. Ooh, very low total, even for an NFL game. Yeah. But service academy unders, games that involve Army, Navy, Air Force, etc. 41 and 9. 82% since 2005. Wow, Eight the unders in a row. The unders, with the service academy. The unders games. hit at that rate? 82% hit rate for games involving two service academy teams to the under. Now, Navy <laughs> under 7-1 and one in their last eight trips to Colorado Springs. Air Force is the offense that I think could ruin this trend today because they can move it a little bit. But Navy's just awful. 126 in scoring offense this year, averaging 14 points per game. And I have a bonus trend for you. This oh. one popped up on my radar this morning. This is hilarious. I love this trend, and I had to put a unit on Charlotte because of this. UTEP is a road favorite today at Charlotte. The Miners are 0-26-1 against the spread. 0 0 
zilch, nada, in the Eastern time zone in all of program history. They've never won a game in the Eastern time zone. Are they going to do it today as a road favorite at Charlotte? I don't know. Charlotte's not great, but I had to put a unit on the Niners just because that trend spoke to me. That's incredible. <laughs> Both of those are incredible. What is, what is that again? Uh, 80-what percent? 82% underrate wow. in service academy games since 2005. Eight in a row. Now, 38 and a half. I mean, Rich, I think you, me, and Brian could go out there and maybe you know put up a couple of touchdowns yeah. against Navy today. So it, we'll see if that holds true. I did, full disclosure, I did not bet the Navy Air Force under. I it's too you low. Didn't. I don't like I don't like betting college football unders. It's just it's like a personal choice. It's like oh, some I learned a like, hard lesson yet uh, <laughs> last week about that. Oh, I learned a hard lesson. We went all you know, unders. Oh, Rich. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. What is it? Ketchup on hot dogs? For I was you? gonna say like, some people like pineapple on pizza. Some people don't. I'm not a sir. I'm not an under guy in college football. I don't like betting unders in college football. Wow. Yeah. Me neither anymore. That is a heck of a hit rate, though. 82% to service To the under. Wow. And that didn't sp- speak to you, but the Miners did. Well, <laughs> That's right. That's right. They've never won a game in the Eastern time zone. I mean, that's crazy to me. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. I can see why that would be your, your reaction over there. I'm not – I don't have beef with your logic here, Jared. I'm just saying. It <laughs> stood out to me. All right, coming up next, college football produces a lot of random results. We'll have a random comment and a random punishment. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Just one measly hour away from kickoff here. We are nearing ranked versus ranked Saturday. Five ranked versus ranked matchups. It is a beautiful slate of ball over here. And college football, look, a lot of random in college football. That's one of the reasons we love it so much. How about this for random? I'll give you a random uh, quote here. This is from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. So after Ole Miss, they won last week against Tulsa, but they were shut out in the second half. Didn't score a point. Held on to win the game. And after the game, Lane Kiffin said, when you come back after halftime and run out the tunnel and it looks like a high school game playing in a college stadium, you can let that affect you. So Lane... With some uh, some strong words for his own fan base over there. I'm really curious to see what the Ole Miss faithful bring when they welcome in number seven ranked Kentucky. You can't have a dead crowd today. I could see Tulsa big lead. Okay, Lane didn't like it, but today that is not what I'm anticipating. Man, Lane, if there's one thing you're going to get from Coach Kiffin is whatever's inside his head. That man <laughs> that man is filterless. That's like when, when you pour the water into the Brita and then all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, wow, that's already full at the bottom there? And then you realize, oh, that's because I forgot to put the new filter in. That's Lane Kiffin. What goes in must come out. And so if he feels it, he'll say it. And, you know, look, I think there's – there's a fan aspect to college football that's an almost an expectation when you're playing at home. Um, I get it. I don't necessarily dig calling out fan bases because results encourage fan reaction. Fan Fans are encouraged by winning football. And the better atmosphere you create from a product standpoint, 
the the more attention your fan base will give you. So, yeah, listen, I I I don't necessarily know uh, if he's been there long enough or has studied this school's history in terms of fandom hard enough to make um, bold assertions about what he should expect there. But you know, like I said before, what whatever he's thinking, he's gonna say, and so he thought it, he said it. Yeah, Lane's an interesting guy. Um, I, I I think this game is very interesting. <laughs> that's as yeah. that's as lightly as I can put it. <laughs> I, I I think this game is interesting from a contender standpoint. Like we use those cliches, contender versus pretender. I think both of these teams, Kentucky and Ole Miss, have both of those vibes to them at times. I could see Ole Miss really stepping up with their swag and becoming a prominent team in the SEC, but the talent isn't quite there comparatively to the rest of the conference. Whereas Kentucky, they've kind of been doing it with smoke and mirrors the last couple of years. Like they're, they're a running team in a conference that's become a passing conference. They're a team that likes to get after you defensively, but they haven't really tested themselves in the non-conference. And I'll be very fascinated to see how they handle this trip to Oxford today. Because right now, Kentucky's the top 10 team. And they're the team with, I don't want to say higher aspirations than Ole Miss. I would put them both kind of on the same plane. But Kentucky's the team that has been, they were 5-0 and last year. They were a top 10 team last year. And now, can they sustain that momentum as a program that hasn't had a lot of success as a program over the last few decades? They're a basketball school, right? So that's kind of where I view Kentucky. Like, this is a contender versus pretender game. One of these teams after today will be a contender in the SEC. By the way, how about this? So Will Levis, he's been sacked 16 times yeah. already this Yikes. season. There are only two other FBS teams that have given up more sacks. That would be Akron and our one of our favorite teams on this show, Colorado State. Those oh, are the only boy. two that have given up more sacks than Kentucky has. And by the way, Ole Miss, they're second in the SEC with 13 sacks. So that that's right up your alley, Jared. You're, you're smelling – Ole Miss in this one, so uh, those stats would back up what you're thinking in this matchup. Mm. I do like Ole Miss. Yeah, we'll get to like that a little later. Yeah, and, you know, like look, it, it, is, it is accurate what you say about this Kentucky offense maybe being some smoke and mirrors. It, again, this one's hard for me to lay off from because it just feels like the right number. But, yeah, kind of pounding the point that you've already made there, uh, Brian, It's it's been bad. You know, in terms of – Big throws versus turnover-worthy throws. You know, Pro Football Focus has a stat on that. He's got one big-time throw versus six turnover-worthy throws. That's bad. So Will Levis needs to start honing it in. Now, the thing about it is you can only help what you can help as a quarterback. Your offensive line obviously needs to help you. They're 51st in the nation in pass blocking, and this is an offense that likes to chuck it around the yard. But with Rodriguez Jr. back, is it going to make a big difference? It's a season debut. Is there a rust? You know, you worry about all those things, but he's dynamic when when at full full bore. So this is it's it feels like such a toss up, but I don't know. There's something in my stomach that's telling me you get your your horse back in the backfield. Yeah. The offensive line doesn't like to pass block. Maybe they they don't have to. You can establish the run, and Will Levis is going to look a lot better um, throwing the football if he's supported by a strong run game. So there's that side of the coin. 
Oh, there's a lot to consider in that one. There's no doubt. Yeah, and I love those matchups where you can go, well, there's this, but on the other side, there's that. I love right. how it goes back and forth like that. By the way, I'll give you a, a random uh, punishment this week, just real fast, something that caught my attention, and it made me laugh. This is the story that made me laugh most throughout the week. The NCAA placed Air Force the football program on two years probation. They also issued other penalties for recruiting violations. Here's the thing, man. You need to be good if you're getting popped for recruiting violations. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like a baseball player doing PEDs and hitting like two home runs. It's like, if you're going to cheat, let's see some results over here. I need to see more results from Air Force what did they while do they're getting wrong? popped. I didn't know. I don't even know Air Force was a major player in the recruiting game. Like they, like they get people. You know, like they, it's not like they're going after five star kids. Well, apparently during the pandemic, like when at the height of like all the lockdowns and the real, well, I should say the stricter rules for college football, um, they were they were just putting on their flight suits and their their flight masks and they were walking into recruits' homes and hosting them and you know so that was the reason why they got slapped with the probation. But yeah. T- to your point, Brian, like, you know, if you're going to go out of your way to break some rules, you, you may as well just have some results to go with those rules that you broke. <laughs> you got to have that. It's a prerequisite, man. Yeah, like, if I'm going to break my diet, I'm going to go hard. Like, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm, I'm not going to eat a salad, at, uh, you know. I'm yeah. going to go after it. That's exactly right. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. You know, this isn't a ranked versus ranked matchup, but it is tasty. Michigan. Fourth-ranked team in the country against Iowa. We talked about it in Let's Get Trendy. The trends, as far as Iowa being a giant killer, they're 5-1 and one against top-five teams at home since 2008. To win outright against top-five teams is really impressive. And I love this. Strength versus strength. Iowa's rush defense has been fantastic. They only give up about 73 yards on average. And in four games, they haven't allowed a rushing touchdown. But you look at Michigan – Number 11 in rushing yards per game. Blake Corum has been fantastic. So I want to see, can Iowa slow down that rushing attack? If they can't, it spells doom for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, if, uh, if Michigan can control the clock, they control this game. Uh, it, it's interesting, man. I, I don't love the way Michigan plays football, I guess, you know, <laughs> but I, I do appreciate success. Like, you know, when you look at box scores and, and records, you know, Michigan really shines. You turn on their games though, even in, in blowouts, they win so ugly. Um, but it's successful. It's like, it's, it's like, uh, that old line from remember the Titans. It's like Nova came eventually it's going to take effect and you'll just be comfortably numb watching the Wolverines <laughs> in the maze and Navy take over a game. Besides Zingerman's deli, there's nothing good about Ann Arbor. <laughs> I it's just, it's just, it's not, I mean, listen, it, we're going back to the 2005 season. I still have nightmares of Lloyd Carr calling oh. a timeout and arguing oh. to put time back on the clock. And then, of course, I won't say the Mario Manningham word, but I'll say it again. And that's why Pence, that's why we didn't that's why we didn't make it to the championship game that year, Rich. Oh, Damn dude. Wolverines. But anyways, so this line was three earlier this summer. And again, what have we seen so far to make it? move from three to now 10 and a half. I saw an 11 pop up in the market this morning. Well, 
not really a whole lot for Iowa, obviously, right? <laughs> we've been on them a couple times. We've been against them a couple times. It's been ugly. But Michigan hasn't played anybody yet. They have one of the worst strength of schedules in the country, and when they finally played a team with a pulse last week in Maryland, they gave up five yards per carry on the ground and a 52% success rate on running plays. Maryland's not known for running the football. They're a passing team. So that is a, that's a red flag for me. Michigan, of course, they lost Ojabo. They lost Hutchinson. The defense is a little thin. The middle linebacker Hill, limited time this year, a little banged up. There's some holes to be poked in this Michigan defense. And if you want to talk about a game script today to keep Spencer Petrus avoiding him having to throw the ball down the field because we know the forward pass is something that eludes the Hawkeyes this year. Yeah. But offensive line play, a little bit better for Iowa over the last couple weeks. LaShawn Williams, Caleb Johnson, go check their numbers against Rutgers and Nevada. Not as concerned with the Nevada numbers, but hey, they went into Rutgers last week. It's a Big Ten team. I know it's not the elite Big Ten team, but they still they have a pulse, and they ran it pretty effectively against Rutgers. Big step up in class for J.J. McCarthy today. First true road game for a new starting quarterback. Can he handle the Kinnick magic? We talked about mm -hmm. the house of horrors that Kinnick Stadium's been for top five teams. If Blake Corum can't open things up on the ground, it's all on McCarthy's shoulders. I don't know if he's ready for that. We'll see. This is a fascinating matchup today. And listen, I, I, I think I kind of like the points with Iowa. Wow. Go <laughs> I get it. I get it. You put it on the uh, text thread earlier in the week, and I'm like, oh, oh no, any no. numbers that are pointing toward Iowa. Why are these yes. numbers doing oh. it? And Iowa does this to you every week, right? You know, because they're, again, you want to, uh, gosh, what a matchup. You want to talk about another team that when they win, you're just like, oh, God, I need a shower after watching that game. <laughs> That's Iowa Hawkeyes football. I mean, <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes football should come with a bar of ivory soap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 so these are two teams that. Can we get them to sponsor the show? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Iowa Soap oh. sponsor. Countdown Iowa to kickoff presented Ivory's by BetMGM. Oh, golly. And by the way, you gave me some nightmare flashbacks talking about Mario Manning. Uh, Not only 2005 he got me. I was on the Patriots team in the uh, 2012 Super Bowl. Uh, we, were, we were leading yes. by two. And oh, he, the beautiful sideline pass. Uh, 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 yeah, it yeah. was bad. Yeah, it makes yeah. my stomach turn. So, yeah, those Wolverines, though. Um, yeah, this one, I gosh, I, I, this is a hands-off game for me. I mean, the only thing I was considering is maybe, maybe taking a look at the under. Uh, yeah, where's the point that's total? The play. It's is, in like is, the mid low 42. 40s. 42 is that where yeah. it landed at? Yeah, that I, but then what did we learn last week? We college football unders. <laughs> you, talk, you talk about need a shower. I <laughs> 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 got creamed. One oh. Spencer Petrus pick six, and it's done. It's yeah, over. Buddy. Yeah, you know, I was watching the USC Oregon State game. Yeah, and I started oh, thinking, man. I was like, was this one of Rich's unders? Oh, oh I guess yes. it was. It an under for you? Oh, yeah. Well, that was beautiful for you in that game. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. You know. It, other than that, uh, yeah. How was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, it, it happens, man. You know, it, it happens from time to time. <sighs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, be sure to check out. The new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature. And new users, you can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code 
countdown in the BetMGM app. All right, coming up next, it's Ranked versus Ranked Weekend. We've got Rich Ornberger, that All-American. I feel like we've reached our Penn State quota. I can't even no, say. No, never. <laughs> Come on. What's their line against Northwestern at? today? 26-ish? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's up there, man. Jared Smith, he's the uh, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, even though we've got all these ranked versus ranked games, there's one game that features something that no other game today features. We will let you know about that around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Only about 35 minutes until kickoff. Let's do it. Let's go! ACC matchup of the day. Oh, yes, that was a, this would have to be number 10, NC State, against number 5, Clemson. So we've got five ranked versus ranked matchups today. This is the only matchup of top 10 teams. That's it. So it's a separator right there. And this is actually, this blew me away. This is the first time NC State has played in an AP top 10 matchup. Just wow. let that sink in for a second, right? The first time ever? It's never happened before? It's amazing to me, but here NC State is, NC State is and Look, man, they're trying to beat Clemson on the road for the first time since 2002. Clemson's been really tough at home. They've won 36 straight home games. So we'll see. Dennis Devin Leary's got to pick it up, man. Got to pick it up because he's left something to be desired. And on the other side, you talk about picking it up in a major way. DJ Uwe, as I call him. DJ Uwe Ungalale, he was spectacular against Wake Forest last week. Five touchdown passes. The two-point conversion, as one guy picked one of his legs up into the air, he's still completing the pass. He was sensational last week, so really interesting quarterback matchup in this one, too. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those games where you go with the experience of Clemson, and it's kind of undeniable. They're used to being in this situation. They've played in six of the past seven ACC championship games along with their six college football playoff appearances since the indoctrination of the playoff system we currently have. All of this is new for the Wolfpack, like you mentioned. NC State largely untested when the lights are on, the cameras on, the nation's watching. But here's the other side of that coin. Statement time in college football, right? Week five, week six, week seven. Who's who? We still don't know. The identity of these teams are largely unknown, and that includes Clemson. So this is an opportunity for NC State to sort of stamp their season and say, no, we're for real. The Wolfpack deserves to be in the top 10, deserves to be in the conversation for a college football playoff game. This one, all eyes are on this one, should be on this one. I think it's going to be a great one. So an 8-0 combined straight-up record for these two teams, but 3-5 and five against the spread. Mm. NC State's 2-2, two and two, Clemson's 1-3. and three. Very fair to say, despite the lofty rankings 
these two teams have underperformed expectations in the eyes of oddsmakers. Now let's get into some nerd numbers. DJU, his best passing grade in his entire career against an FBS opponent, came on Saturday against Wake Forest. Wow, even, even better close. than that Notre Dame game, huh? Yes, his <laughs> yeah. best passing grade. Yeah. They, I mean, again, I, good luck. I don't know what you know. I don't know how the sausage is made with these pro football focused passing grades, but that's what the nerd numbers say. He was yeah. the best he's ever been throwing the football in the, against an FBS team um, against Wake Forest. Devin Leary, on the other hand, eh, eh. hasn't been so great. The nerd numbers say he is having a poor season, especially compared to last year. The yards per attempt numbers have been down. The interceptions have been up. I, I don't know what the problem is. There is talent, arm talent. I hope there's brain talent there as well. I think Dave Doran's going to be the key here. Dave Doran is a conservative head coach. He's a defensive-minded guy. He likes to run the football. Well, I don't think that's going to work against Clemson. I think if Wake, or excuse me, if NC State wants to win this game, they need to take a page out of what Wake did last week, which is aggressive throwing the football down the field. The problem is that breaks tendencies for what NC State is at their core. That's the dilemma in this game. Is Dave Doran willing to say, screw the playbook that we're used to running. We're going to air it out today and let Devin Leary cook. If he is willing to do that, I think NC State has a chance here. But if they're just going to run the ball into the line of scrimmage and make you know Leary beat him on third and long, <clears throat> It's not a good recipe for success for the Wolfpack. No, I like what you're thinking there, Jared. I think that's a good breakdown. And uh, I also think this, in terms of Clemson, that was an embarrassing performance from their secondary last week against Wake Forest. And now they're at home against a quarterback that has not been anything close to special this season. I like that as far as a reason to back Clemson in this one, too. Is I like a team that's coming off a win that still has a chip on its shoulder. Yep. And those corners from Clemson, if they don't have a chip on their shoulder after what happened last week against Wake Forest, where it was just either them getting burned or them committing some penalty of some type. <laughs> I don't know what will do it for you. So I do like Clemson coming back at home, all the emotion in that stadium, primetime atmosphere, coming off a loss last year against the Wolfpack. Yeah. That was a great game, too. That was it a was great a spectacular game. game. Yeah, I think, I think Clemson's going to be really tough to beat tonight. I, I think it's strength on strength when you look at the Clem Clemson offense with DJU at quarterback finally turning the corner with that Wake Forest win. But NC State, man, their defense only allowing 12 points a game. Now their best offense they faced was Texas Tech. Um, but they're very good against the run. They're really good on the back end. Uh, they've got seven interceptions on the season. Tyler Baker-Williams and Aiden White each have two apiece. And then you just look at this defensive coordinator, Tony Gibson, a really rare defense used in football in general, the 3-3-5. Yeah. Three down linemen, the three linebackers, usually one of those backers up on the line of scrimmage. Five-man defensive back shell behind all that. A lot of deception. A lot of movement. This is going to be maybe the one and only time Clemson sees a defense like this in terms of scheme the entire season. So that's going to that's the spotlight matchup when Clemson's offense is on the field, how they fare against this NC State defense because they're good. They're really good, and nobody's talking about it yet. I'm glad you mentioned the 3-3-5. So the A&M Mississippi State game, that popped for me as well because yep. that's the, what the Bulldogs run. 
And it's funny because we talk about, and it's kind of the same, along the same lines as Dave Doran. I don't want to, you know, change the subject too much, but Jimbo Fisher just loves to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Well, this week against Mississippi State, maybe that's the best strategy against the lighter box. But the NC State defense, to me, going on the road has to set the tone. Yep. That needs to, because DJ is starting, you know, there was some hype preseason Heisman, didn't work out week one. He looked eh against Georgia Tech, and now he's kind of started to figure things out. If NC State's defense brings the lumber today, they can hang in this game. Because, again, I, I do think Devin Leary is a little bit better than some of these numbers indicated earlier in the year. I just hope Dave Doran lets him, lets him cook today, lets him actually let that arm loose, see what you got on the outside. Clemson's a little banged up in the secondary. If NC State just runs the rock all day, I, I, I feel like this is setting up for a tough day for the Wolfpack. I do, too. It's uh, Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. You know, I, I want you to pay attention to uh, Isaac Lohenkron, as always. And if he's going to play the audio of, of the I'm Mariners, gonna the audio. you're going to play the Mariners audio? Oh, of course. I, I, Lo, I want you to listen because I, I have beef here. Holy smokes. Who says holy smokes? You can tell they haven't oh, been to the playoffs in two decades. That oh, audio. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I suppose he could have said something like, oh, 23 skidoo, the Mariners are back in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my. I'm going to do the Charleston. <laughs> I mean, maybe when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, we could add something Billy like Goat. that from uh, Pat Hughes. Some, yeah, uh, some phrase that they uh, busted out back in 1908. I, I, I thought you were going to refer to the uh, Scott Service thing, and the answer to the Scott Service thing, I will be playing that every report until the end of time. It could be the middle of the Mariners offseason with nothing going on. I will still be playing the Scott Service uh, comment that you're about to hear. But that's the big story. Friday night, the Mariners ending the longest playoff drought in the major leagues and doing so in dramatic fashion. They were tied at one with the Oakland A's in the bottom of the ninth inning. Pinch hitter Cal Raleigh at the plate. Here was Rick Riz at the mic on KIRO. The 3-2 pitch swing and a drive. Deep the right field. A short time later, Mariners manager Scott Service channeled his inner Howard Dean. Tonight, let's party! (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. Cringe is what it is, but we love it anyway. I have a live active search on social media with the expectation that shortly someone will be tweeting a picture of Scott Service this morning fast asleep wearing a snorkel in the Alaskan wild salmon display at the Pike Place <laughs> Fish Market in Seattle. Nothing yet, but I continue to refresh my social media feeds. The Tampa Bay Rays clenching a playoff spot with a 7-3 victory at Houston. Orioles over the Yankees 2-1. to Aaron Judge remaining at 61 home runs. He went 1-for-2 with two walks. The Yankees lost clinched home field advantage for the Astros throughout the American League playoffs. A short time ago, by the way, the Yankees put left-handed reliever Zach Britton on the 60-day injured list because of left shoulder fatigue ending his season. 
Braves over the Mets 5-2, so the Braves and Mets tied for first place in the National League East with five games remaining in the regular season. Albert Pujols hit career home run number 701 in the Cardinals' 2-1 win over the Pirates. College football on Friday night. UCLA improved to 5-0 with a 40-32 victory over the 15th-ranked Washington Huskies. Fellas, as they didn't say in 1908, because radio hadn't been invented yet, back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Ilo. Holy smokes. Great stuff. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. By the yes. way, we are getting um, – look, this, this show has just caught fire, as we know. We hear from our listeners every week. But even our friends in the galaxy here at Fox Sports Radio are jumping on board. I'm getting pummeled with text messages from Arnie Spanier. Uh, he wants he wants to let you guys know uh-huh. that, uh, and he tweeted this also that it's an upset Saturday. He's got Arkansas over Bama today, straight oh, up. Oh man, T- Arnie TCU beating Oklahoma <laughs> money line. Iowa taking down the Wolverines today oh, money line. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> he doesn't need the points. Doesn't he says need it's him. upset Saturday. Is he parlaying that though? That's he what might I be upset know. on Saturday after, <laughs> some, <laughs> after some of those after some of those results. Hey, we're about uh, 25 minutes away from kickoff here. It's Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Be prepared for any situation that may arise. The Situation Room. Okay, we're looking for either look-ahead spots, maybe a team looking to their next game. You can take advantage today, right, betting-wise. Or maybe a letdown spot. Maybe they're just off an emotional high, emotional low. They don't have the same juice today. So uh, we'll start with you, Jared. What's on your list, buddy? Well, it's the double look-ahead slash letdown, and we call it the sandwich game. I hope you're hungry. We've got a sandwich game tonight in Pullman. It's Cal against Wazoo. So we all saw what happened to Washington State last week. They had a double-digit lead against Oregon in the second half, fourth quarter. They blew the game, almost blew the cover. Miraculous backdoor slash front door. I don't know what you want to call that for Wazoo last week, but definitely a letdown after keeping Oregon on the ropes for almost the entire game. And, oh, by the way, next week for Wazoo, who do they face? USC on the road. In the middle, the meat of the sandwich, little old Cal, and you can nominate me right now for the president of the Jade Knott fan club. This kid is absolutely fantastic. He's a freshman, and he's averaging 8.3 yards per carry. Mm. 274, three tutties against Arizona last Mm. week. Cal, the meat of my sandwich today, and I'll be honest, I love this Justin Wilcox head coach, 14-5 and five against the number as a road dog, 75% cover rate as a road underdog, the sandwich game, Cal and Wazoo, give me the Golden Bears. I love it. I love this so much. We are hungry. <laughs> we are hungry for more. This is my, this is my favorite spot, spot on the bingo love board it. today. What is your favorite sandwich, though, Rich? That's oh, the great question. Well, that's a fantastic wow, question. That is such a good sandwich. I guess I'm going to have to go with a anything au jus, like a delicious Ooh. roast beef Ooh. on a French baguette. It's classy. Like, wow. I mean, really classy. I mean, maybe a little horseradish, uh, yeah. creamed horseradish on one side. Maybe is a hot dog side. a sandwich? Should we go no. there? Oh, no, it's not. We go. Now we get into it's it. It's its own freaking thing. It's I like, agree. yeah. I'm with it's, you, Brian. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll go BLT. BLT. I, I'm a sucker Ooh, for a good choice. BLT. Yeah. I, I, what about a hamburger? Like a good old In-N-Out. I'm going to probably go there right after the show and get some lunch. No? Like that, that would work. Too. Yay, That's nay. That, 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 that would work. It's almost its own separate category. But yeah, I, kind know, of. Technically, yeah. Technically, that would work right there. I'll tell you okay, what. Okay, we got more features here. Let's dive into this. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not live yet. Live betting. Ready, go. Okay, so we're looking for potential scenarios to be able to take advantage of once these games go live. So let's say, I, well, let's take the night game, for instance. Let's say you like Clemson a lot. Well, if NC State puts the first score on the board, you can still bet Clemson. It's just at a, a reduced line. You know, they're favored by six and a half right now. At that point, if they give up an early touchdown, They'd be favored by about three, three and a half. So it'd be better if you still like Clemson there. Anything that uh, stands out to you as a potential scenario, Jared? Well, it's kind of funny because we talked about this last week, and I think, to me, the games with higher totals for early live betting make more sense. Because if you think about it logically, if there's an early score and the total's 65, 70, well, there's going to be a lot more scores throughout the game. So we're only, you know, just a couple of pours into what is a big mug of, of points in that particular game. Wake Forest, Florida State's got the highest total of any ranked versus ranked team today. 66, 67, somewhere in that range. So I would fade wherever the early score is there. Let's say Wake drives down the field early in the game, puts one in the end zone, and you get Florida State three, four and a half, three there, three and a half, somewhere in that range. I would be willing to lay it with the Knowles and vice versa. If you get Florida State that drives down the field early in the game and all of a sudden wakes a double-digit dog with that offense, you would think they'll be able to keep pace. So target some of the games with higher totals because you would think there's going to be more points scored in those games. That's pretty brilliant. Pretty you, that's something, though, Jared, the, you know it. Do the, do the books know it? Or are they really adjusting it based on the public? Algorithm. Just straight. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. once the game starts – it's all algorithmic trading on the live bets, and that's why there's opportunities. If you're watching the game closely, injury, this, that, scheme change, whatever. But the games with high totals, there's going to be more points than in the first quarter, so that's kind of the vibe that I get. You know, I've got a game circled, and I think you both are going to hate what I have to say right here. <laughs> think because you both seem to like Bama, minus the 17. I'm yeah. just saying for the people that like Arkansas, okay, Feel me on this one. Maybe a hold. It's kind of like Braveheart. Remember where Mel Gibson's like, hold, <laughs> hold. Maybe yeah. Alabama, they get off to a good start. They got off to a good start against Texas, and that ended up being a 20-19 ball game. So True. very possible that Alabama, they get off to a 7-0 lead. They get off to a 10-0 lead. If you like Arkansas going in, maybe you wait a little bit until the game starts. And if Arkansas trails, you would get a higher point spread yeah. and could still back the Hawks. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah I don't mind that strategy at all. Sprinkle something there, especially if, you know, if Arkansas makes them earn it, you know, like if it's like a long seven-minute drive for the seven points you were talking about, yeah. that yeah. eats up a lot of clock in the first half. And if you get, based on the algorithm, Jared, you know, you get some favorable numbers pushing back toward Arkansas. I like that bet, too. Good good little not-so-live-yet-but-live-betting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, you guys are on the hogs now. You know, you no, can't no, 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 no. Don't put words in our mouth. Are you like Arnie? You don't even need the points. You're going yeah. money line yeah. hogs? No, I can't quite go there. Not quite there, Rich. But that's a good segue because next up, 
we have our three picks against the spread. You know, Rich, you were under Rich last week. I was. Right? We'll see if you're over Rich this week. Uh, I went heat check no last week. I got off to a 7-2 and two start that I could hit like 40-foot fadeaways. Not so much. Not Uh-oh. so much last week. So uh, we'll see if I can get back on the winning side. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Smells like ball. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Just about 10 minutes until kickoff. Hey, top of the hour, up on game. The football conversation continues. But it's time now for the moment of truth. Let's do it. This is the best play of the day. It's a touchdown. Give it to me. Okay, we got our three picks against the spread here. Let's start with you, Jared. What do you have your eye on here? All right, two and one last week, seven and five for the year. Nothing to write home about, but still treading water. Listen, I got to go to the sandwich game with Cal catching four against Wazoo, Justin Wilcox. 14 and five against the number as a road dog. Also, the Jade Knot fan club call me the president. Ole Miss, I'm laying it six and a half against Kentucky today. They've won 12 straight in Oxford, half the Rebels. I don't care who's in the backfield for Kentucky. If you can't block, they're not going to have any movement. 54 out of 119 run plays so far have been stuffed for the Wildcats. We'll see if they can do something against this Land Sharks defense today. And finally, we haven't talked about this game or this team, but they deserve some credit. Utah laying 10.5 against Oregon State. I'm selling high on the Beavers. They're 4-0 against the spread, covering by double digits. I don't think that's sustainable. If this Utah team doesn't fumble inside the five-yard line twice, very different narrative around the youth so far this season. They're still top 30 offensive, defensive efficiency. They should be considered one of the best teams in the country. I do not see turnover happy Chance Nolan very happy after this game at altitude. So give me the Utes. Playing 10 and a half. <laughs> all right, boys. I was 1-2 last week taking all unders the totals. Did not work out. 4-8 <laughs> overall. We need some wins. I'm sticking with a the theme, though. I'm going all dogs this week. Okay. A three-dog night. We got. We should be talking about a 4-0 Illinois team heading into Madison this week. We're not. They're 3-1. Hungry team after an emotional loss to Indiana. Final seconds of play. Heading on the road in conference. Give me Illinois getting six and a half at Wisco. Moving on. Ole Miss QB Jackson Dart. I think he's going to struggle against Kentucky's defense. I've been impressed with the group. They got their star running back back from suspension. That's going to give this Kentucky offensive boots. Certainly help out Will Levis. He's played well. Call me public rich. I'm looking to get rich. I got the Cats getting six and a half on the road against the Rebs. I'm rich. Cal's got a good defense, right? And they've had a good defensive performance against the Irish weeks ago. They got Jack Plummer and the passing game going. They got Jaden Ott, your favorite, Jared. He went (laughs) off for 274 against those Arizona Wildcats. Give me the points. I'm riding the Bears into Wazoo getting four. Okay. All right. So like I told you, I started off 7-2, scorching hot. And then I went on a heat check. 
and it didn't work out. I took Florida. <laughs> I didn't need the points. I spat at the points, and I just went money line. About three to one odds didn't work out. They gave it a good run, but we have plummeted to seven and five now. So I'm oh, trying to get no. back on the winning track. I'm looking at Oregon State here, Jared. So let me get this straight. Oregon State, they're one of eight FBS teams that's 4-0 against the spread this season. Correct. They just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with USC, and they're 10.5-point underdogs at Utah. It's too easy. I think this line stinks. I'm actually with you. I'm <laughs> laying it. I'm with Utah at minus 10.5. I'm looking at this Texas A&M-Mississippi State game. Similar thinking. A&M, they beat Miami. They just survived against Arkansas. They've got some momentum, and Mississippi State is favored by four in the hook. I think this line stinks. I'm taking Mississippi State in this one. And the last one, I'm looking at Bama, 17-point favorites on the road against Arkansas. I know it's a public play. I know you guys have discouraged it. I'm taking the 17. I'm going with the Hogs today. And we <laughs> saved the best for last. Let's get into this. This is the best play of the day. It's a touchdown! Okay, Jared, the play of the day. What do you have for us? Oh, we need to make up some ground here. One and three on the year with these. We lost on Stanford last week. We're taking Iowa State at Kansas, laying three points. We're selling high on the Jayhawks. Also 4-0 against the spread. But it's all smoke nice. and mirrors. They're second in the country in third down conversions at 66%. That's not sustainable. What does Iowa State's defense do well? They stop third downs. Jalen Daniels is going to struggle today. I'm Whoa. taking the Cyclones. Everybody enjoy the ball. Wall to wall.